three. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) We are back. I'm pretty sure Calvin just botched that. Like bad. (laughs) Hitting the record button. Anyways, um, Jonathan Kath is back again. Listen, um, I'm sorry that I've been missing the last couple of days. Um, Kind of been MIA uh, camping outside of the United Supermarkets Arena in Lubbock, Texas. Um, I told you guys on here beforehand. It would be a movie, and if you cannot tell by the, the sound of my voice, <clears throat> it was an absolute movie. Um, we're I, I, we're going to go into a little bit more into depth into that later on. Um, I, they, I, I've had a lot of people reach out to me that aren't in the Lubbock area, and, and they were really fascinated with how everything went down um, and all that. So I do want to talk about the personal experience, um, highlights, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, – obviously, Tom Brady's done. He's done, done. Uh, we're going to talk about this Brian Flores stuff. Uh, I think Calvin's going to talk about Joe Burrow a little bit, Joe Shiesty, Joey Joe B. Shiesty, I got some whatever, for you. You're going to like it. He's going to like it. Whatever you want to call him. Um, and then, I, I mean, we can, we can preview the Super Bowl a little bit, maybe just, a, maybe just a little bit, dabble on it a little bit. But anyways, so um, – <clears throat> If you haven't heard already, uh, the NFL is going absolutely crazy stupid right now. <laughs> um, and and, and the, the main guy behind that is Brian Flores. Now, uh, obviously, Brian Flores was fired this past season by the Dolphins, and now he's coming out, and, and he's pretty much saying that the league is racist. Uh, and, you know, just like <laughs> everybody else talks about the league being racist. Um, and so, anyways, I, I, it's looking like he's done coaching. And it's looking like he's going to be an activist uh, for the NFL um, to get more black head coaches, which, by the way, I think everybody can agree that we need more black head coaches. And, and I don't necessarily think that it ever should really come down to color. I, and I'm not saying that there are white head coaches out there that don't deserve a job or yada, yada, yada. I will say, though, I will say why, like when Dan Quinn's name was getting thrown around, uh, the, this past little news cycle of, of going out and, and people uh, hiring him for their next head coach. Uh, that didn't, I didn't understand that whatsoever. Jason there's a couple, Garrett. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of guys like, yeah, there's a couple of people that keep getting their name thrown in there, which I don't understand. Um, and I think that's what pisses um, Brian Flores off is. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, I just won 10 games right here. My owner is telling me to tank. He'll pay me a hundred thousand dollars a game to tank. And I'm winning with it, and I'm winning without a quarterback that I didn't even want. And I won 10 games and they still fired me. So, um, anyways, so Calvin, what was your? I mean, obviously, it, it's kind of fallen out of the news cycle a little bit, um, at least on your end. I know you're saying that. What, what, I mean, what's your like initial reaction? Um, I think it's a, uh, a big story because um, it highlights some of like your darkened office stories. Uh, the John Elway story is not surprising. That was in the lawsuit. The Broncos are on there. Um, we know that um, John Elway is not a professional individual when it comes to business. That's been consistent for years. Um, my only problem with Brian Flores um, is I, like I, I we talked about this pre-show. The way it ended in Miami, I didn't really like it. I wish they would have come out and just told us they couldn't work together instead of making it so like like cloudy and suspicious. And then just and then when this first came out, I didn't know there was a lawsuit on it, and I just thought he was punching back at the Dolphins. I thought he was upset, yeah, but then too. I sat down. I sat down and read the lawsuit and I was like, okay, I mean, there's some substance here. Like the, 
the I know you were talking about the New York Giants when the new so we have the hour late uh, and intoxicated John Elway in Denver. We have he goes to interview in New York and Brian Dable has already has the job. So they're just wasting his time. And then well, in Miami, not, yeah. well, they're doing offered, it for another another reason. Kevin. Yeah, they're, they're doing trying, it because. Go ahead. Well, they're doing it because they have to get a minority coach and they have to yeah. interview a minority coach, which which, again, by the way, is really, really dumb because that has done absolutely nothing. How many yeah. head coaches have we seen since the rule came into place? Rule came in at two, in 2001. How many black head coaches have we seen? What, nine? I probably count them on my finger. Like, um, yeah. And we've seen there's one active right now. Like, I don't agree with the right. Rooney rule. And now, granted, I might be I might be off on the Giants. The Giants might have already uh, interviewed an African-American before Brian Flores, but I am just assuming in this case that Brian Flores was there to check the Rooney rule box, and he was a nice name to interview. I mean, we all have respect for him as a coach. And then there was the Miami Dolphins situation where they offered him 100K, and I'm willing to bet you there's more there that he just hasn't said yet. Um, it's oh, I bet there's a ton more that he hadn't really come out and said yet, and especially if he's I means he's filing a lawsuit. So there's going to be you know if this even makes it to court, which to be honest with you, I don't know if it will. But even if it does make it to court, there's still going to be a whole bunch of stuff that's going to come mm-hmm. out about it in the courtroom. So the, the last thing I'll say about it, um, Miami, there are ways to uh, acquire draft picks that don't mean being a poverty franchise. Uh, like, I, I really hate teams. Like, I remember when Philly did this a couple of seasons ago. Tanking really bugs me. Like, it really does. Like, if you're bad enough, like Jacksonville was this year, to only win four games, I understand that. But if you go out of your way to actively lose, I just really despise you because there are ways to improve. There is, like – there are there are success stories that start from years of poverty, but that is not the way to build. That just drives me insane. So I I'm really disgusted for Miami. A hundred k a game, a hundred k a game. Like I just, it's just to lose, bro. Like I just don't like. It just blows my mind, man. It's just disgusting to see the NFL. If the NFL is gonna find someone, Miami needs to be on that list because if that allegation has any type of substance to it, that's not something you can support in the NFL. Uh, the NFL no, is supposed to be the highest bit. level of complica- uh, competition. You can't have a guy paying 100K to lose football games. But besides that, I don't really have much else to say on it. Um, like you said, I think Brian Flores is going to have a hard time getting a coaching job because no one's going to want to take this new psych or this new storm. But I think <coughs> I think if um, he can do some good for the league, man, he really could can um, highlight stuff like this, tell his story. Um uh, be a mentor for other African-Americans in his situation. Uh, tell them what he did and could it, or did wrong and did right. What was his keys to success, his keys yeah. to failure, stuff like that. But um, And like I said, he can still absolutely coach. I told Cap this before the show. If we fired Mike McCarthy and hired Brian Flores tomorrow, I would not have a problem with it. Bring the lawsuit on because the football field would do it for me. But I don't know if the NFL owners will be as optimistic as I am. Well, and I don't think that – I think that if this was – if Brian Flores had done done it for more than two years, you know, you know, if he was if he was making it to the playoffs for you know and, and conference yeah. championship games and Super Bowls and stuff like that, I think it'd be a little bit different. But you're taking a chance on a guy that you really don't know. I I, I think it's fair to say that he can coach absolutely, but is he a good enough coach to take on the the reputation that you're going to take on? And um. I, I, there's a lot of backroom decisions that are made uh, that, that are, that are illegal. Um, <laughs> and, and so if you fire, if, if you're doing that and you hire Brian Flores and then you have to let him go, well, then he's, you're, you're setting yourself up to get absolutely just, you just 
put up on blast by yeah. social media and all that. So um, it's, it's, man, I, it just sucks. I, I hate seeing stories like this. Um, I don't, I don't think that this should have to come to a lawsuit. Um, yeah, I think right. that if, if the NFL was just better, like shit like this wouldn't happen. Um, and this, I think this highlights Roger Goodell's character as well. Well, yeah, it, it, it's his league. It uh, right? shows so you that, um, I mean, we know the players in these stories. These players in this story have been players in mother, other stories before. And we know how Roger Goodell is going to conduct himself because Roger Goodell has been the key player in these stories before. So it's just kind of like uh, old dog, same trick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't think that he's – I don't think that he's doing this to settle out of court. Like, I think he really wants to go and just put – put the public, NFL yeah. full blast in the public, like full blast. And so I think, I think so. and that that's also going to be interesting too, because if, if you can't get the guy to settle and like I said, he's already put out a, a, a lot of stuff already. There could be plenty you know, more enormous amount of stuff that would absolutely catch your eye. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, he, he filed a lawsuit yesterday. Uh, so we're still kind of new um, about this uh, or, or into this new cycle, I guess. Uh, I don't know anything about it in terms of, you know, when they're going to go to court, whatever. He, he's probably been having meetings with lawyers and stuff, and he's probably even maybe even had a meeting with Roger Goodell. Um, I just don't, like I said, I don't see this settling out of court. Uh, I, I feel like he really wants to make this public, which he should. Uh, not, I'm definitely not saying that he shouldn't. So, uh, the other news in the NFL, uh, the Washington football team got a new name. Was, no. that, was that yesterday, too? Uh, I think so. It might have been this morning. I don't know. Who well, they're now, they're now called the Commanders. Going to uh, command and, last place in the division. Just command it. Well, and I actually, funny enough, I actually, uh, well, their, their hashtag is hashtag take command, which, not going to lie, it's actually – Kind yeah. of badass. I kind of like that. Take command uh, of last place. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, and and they changed up their changed up their uniform combination. Obviously, still the same colors, uh, but obviously different uh, logos and stuff like that. So uh, I don't think though that until Dan Snyder decides to build a better arena or a better uh, field and better parking and all that kind of stuff, there's <laughs> they're going to be bottom feeders. They're going to be bottom of the league. Dan Snyder really should just sell, sell the, the team. team, sell the uh, team, just absolutely just sell the teams. Uh, yep, just sell get, the team. Get out from under it. Um, yep, there's plenty but, of wokesters in DC looking to buy a football team. You sell it to one of them. Oh, I guess. Um, but anyways, that was I. I actually really do like. I said I think uh, the jerseys are really cool. I actually like the jerseys too. I'm really just a hater because they're a poverty franchise and they happen to be in my division, but. Well, I I really like um, crap. Who's your coach's name? Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. I really like Ron, Ron Rivera. I loved what he did in Carolina, and I love what he's doing in Washington. He has nothing to work with, like absolutely nothing. Oh to yeah, work you with. got no quarterback. I mean, uh, so well. Um, I mean, real quick. Uh, side note: You made me think of this when you said "really like" uh, the OC from Carolina. Um, he took the job in Buffalo this morning as the quarterback coach. And I kind of like it. Um, the guy who was with uh, Joe Burrow at LSU, the young kiddo, uh, Joe Brady, he took uh, the, yeah. um, 
Brian Dable's job up in Buffalo. And I told you that yeah. it was really important for uh, Buffalo to replace that spot, right? And I think Joe Brady's yeah. a good guy for it. I think he is uh, not – I think offensive coordinator is too much for him in the NFL. I don't think he's ready for that. I think quarterback coach is a good spot for him, though. Yeah, no, I, I – I, oh, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that, Kevin. Mm-hmm. He kind of just, Man, like, the, slid in there. The last couple of days have been absolutely just <laughs> – It's been a busy, man. If you – if you do something like a show, it's been so hard to put it together just because there's been so much stuff all over the place, just consistently flying around between off seasons and playoffs and regular seasons and lawsuits and all this garbage. It's just, and then, just and then you add in way. our schedules and, and yeah, right. Going to school and crap like that. that, which by the way, Mike Wilson's not here. It's about to snow. Uh, we're, we're supposed to get 10 to 12 inches of snow here. At holy tonight. Holy. Um, it's what I've been seeing. It's currently 16 right now. It's probably about to snow here in the next hour or two. Um, but anyways, uh, Mike is not here. I think he's running errands. Is that what he said he was doing? Yes, Colin? sir. Trying to beat the snow. Trying to beat the snow. Beat beat the snow. Absolutely. So, um, anyways, that we got sidetracked right there. Uh, so, the Bucks, The Bucks need a quarterback. And I want to hear from you, Calvin, <laughs> because, because it, it, it's an enticing – Pain, man. I feel like it's an enticing job for a free agent like Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know how enticing it is. And I don't know if if people really respect uh, their head coach's name. God, what's his name? Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. I got two things with Tampa Bay. One, the cap sucks. They are going to lose Chris Godwin and probably a couple more players because of a salary cap issue. Second, their head coach can't coach. Um, They've got a guy in the building who's going to lose both of his coordinators to head coaching jobs. I bet you both Todd Bowles and um, uh, uh, what's a uh, Love Field Lovewich? I think is the offensive coordinator. But yeah, Brian Lovewich. I want to say yeah. Both of those yeah. guys are going to get head coaching jobs this offseason, which means Bruce Arians is going to be is it Lich? Something like that. But he's going to. I think he's going to get a head coaching job. I think he got enough respect when he did under Tom. He is a little young, but I think somebody will roll their dice. Lead Bruce Arians all by himself, and he will be absolutely exposed because he can't coach. And uh, I, the defense is good, um, but unfortunately, some of the key guys are getting old, man. JPP's aged another year. Levante David's aged another year. Like I said, I don't know if Chris Godwin's going to be back. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like if no they're going to keep anybody, no I feel like Gronk. they would keep him. Chris Godwin? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I feel like if they'd keep anybody, just, it'd be him. I just don't know how it's going to work on the cap, man. They've got so much money tied up. And the good news is, well, no, I, this is more bad news. The bad news is with Tom walking away is now you have to add quarterback back into the mix because, remember, Tom was taking 565 k a year, so he was basically nothing and, on the cap. And well, not necessarily. Have, well, I mean, you have a rookie quarterback in Kyle Trask who sat behind Brady for a year. That's true. Maybe and, Kyle Trask is the answer. Well, and, I don't know about that. May, okay, I mean, I don't – obviously – we haven't seen him play an NFL game or an NFL yeah. season. Uh, what he did at Florida was was really good. Yeah, uh, and, but, uh, he, but he sat arm. he sat he sat behind the goat for a year. That's no, definitely it true. For a year, that, that it was a year. But I definitely agree with you. It's the best person to learn from. There's no doubt about that. But I just I don't think um, I if I'm a quarterback like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, I don't know how confident I feel about rolling my dice with Bruce Arians without these two coordinators. Now, both of these two coordinators stay. Chris Godwin comes back. Uh, yeah, this is a nice that's job. What, uh, that, I think that's what I was going to say was whenever I was saying that it was enticing, it's not necessarily – the cap is the, the least enticing part about it because, yeah. you know, obviously you need to have people – you, you need to have uh, people around you. 
especially. But then again, I mean, Aaron Rodgers did it with just Devontae Adams. Now, Devontae Adams is is a top three receiver in the league. But I don't know where I don't know where the Bucks got a really good GM too. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but I really like their GM, and he's hit on a couple of late round draft picks that I like. Jason Lynch. Yeah, if if he can. I feel like he's competent enough to find a solution with the cap. He might be able to get them out of this trouble, but losing Tom's just tough, man. I mean, I, I, it, those are big shoes to fill. I mean, ask Mac Jones. It's not an easy job. So, well, I mean, yeah, but like they could have, or they should have at least known that this was coming. Right. And yeah. whenever, and whenever they, whenever they took him on, they knew that he wasn't going to be there for another 10 years. Um, but at the same time, I think Tampa Bay could go into 10 more years of poverty after this and just be happy with the fact that they won the Super Bowl that they did. So, because I mean, right. like, like, think about how many franchises will go another 20, 30 years without winning a Super Bowl. And the, the Bucks can at least say they checked that one off the box to their fans. So they'll be like, hey, right. hey, but remember 2020, 2021? Huh? Huh? We, we, <laughs> remember we when we had year? Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah. You remember that little two year saga with Tom? Huh? Huh? I'm telling you, this this offseason is going to be so – it's going to be so fun to watch because you don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming. He's probably not going back to Green Bay. Uh, he, he could retire or he could Jeopardy? go somewhere else. Uh, you don't know uh, – uh, we have two teams that are playing for a Super Bowl right now, uh, who, which I'm not taking anything away from Joe Burrow, but he's not Patrick Mahomes – you know, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, 100%. and then you have Jimmy, and then you have Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you look at that 49ers situation. Are they gonna Are they gonna take Jimmy Garoppolo back? No, he Even, uh, did. He did submit his uh, trade request this morning. He is uh, actively shopping his name. They're gonna work together to find a partner. Seems like Trey Lance will be the starter next season in uh, San Francisco. I don't know really? where Jimmy G will go. Jimmy G said he would like to find a winner, but yes, they have uh, him and John Lynch did agree to uh, start working together to find a trade partner for Jimmy G. So he will. He is ending the saga in San Francisco. Me and Mike talked about this on Monday. We didn't think he was going to be back, but it looks like um, he is now going to be uh, shopped on the trade market. I don't know if he's going to be able to find a winner because I think teams found out this, who Jimmy G really was this uh, postseason. So it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, he is uh, – sounds like Trey Lance is going to be the guy next year in San Francisco. So that'll be interesting to see as well. That's so awful, though. Yeah, right. It did not take John Lynch long, but give Jimmy G, well, like, what, three I, I, days? I mean, like – I don't personally, I don't think that the reason why they lost to the Rams was because of necessarily Jimmy G. I mean, it, well, he wasn't just, you know, sensational, but he wasn't awful yeah, either. You couldn't run the, you couldn't run the football. I mean, that's why you lost that football game, but exactly, I agree. Exactly. But I, I do think uh, the Green Bay performance, the Dallas performance, because don't get me wrong, the NFC Championship was bef- definitely the best performance we saw from Jimmy G in the playoffs. But I think the other two games going back to the Super Bowl have left a sour taste in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's mouth. They're just ready to move on. Because I really do believe that Kyle Shanahan thinks – because Kyle Shanahan is an egalistic guy. There's no way around that. I'm willing to bet him and John Lynch think the only reason why they lost the Super Bowl was because of Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's not completely true, but there is some levels to that that do have some sense of accuracy. So it wouldn't surprise me if that uh, is just something the hard – because, bro, it's the biggest game of their life. You know what I'm saying? Kyle Shanahan yeah. has now been crushed twice in Super Bowl. So I'm willing to bet you he has got a hunger like nothing else and – I, like that's not Jimmy G's fault, but at the end of the day, he's just in the crossfire here, and they have to move on. So it'll yeah, be, uh, and I, he's not he's not you know generational, nor is he really. I, I just feel like the he's just a off, winner, man. I mean, that's I, all it is. I mean, yeah, yes, he's a winner, but uh, I, I hear what I always say is, if you're gonna praise somebody for winning you football games, and you're 
then if, whenever you lose football games and then you blame them for losing the games yeah. too. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I personally feel like uh, Kyle, the offense that he wants to run cannot be ran through Jimmy G. And I think that's why he liked Trey Lance. Yeah, get trade, get trade, get trade out of the pocket, move him around a little bit, do some stuff with that. They they have a really confident roster. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just quarterback, and that's and, yeah, and they have a phenomenal sure. head, a phenomenal head coach, right? Like it, it, it it's not. That's so that's that's what's so interesting about them, uh, and and guess what? I mean, they're a very good franchise. It's San Francisco, baby. Um, so I'm wondering, like, even if. Even if, if Aaron Rodgers wants to come to San Francisco, what do you do with Trey Lance? You, you have him sit behind Aaron Rodgers again? Well, well I wouldn't be surprised. To, well, the only member Aaron Rodgers uh, requires a trade, so I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance was shipped out in the Aaron Rodgers trade. Because, bro, I really don't think Green Bay thinks Jordan loves the answer, but that's neither here nor there. That's a conversation yeah. for another day. So I got a feeling a quarterback's going to be back. I could see uh, sending Jimmy G and Trey Lance, putting three guys in that room, giving them all three a crack out there in Green Bay. Oh, that's valid. But I don't. No, I don't think. Funny. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the route they take. I don't think Green Bay's interested in Trey Lance or Jimmy G. Both because uh, if you're gonna roll with Trey Lance, you might as well roll with Jordan Love because they're both unproven. So you may as well. Well, I feel like Jordan else. Love is is less is. I, I personally think that Trey Lance is better than Jordan Love. Oh yeah, Trey Lance. The ceiling is three. Right times now, as I don't high, know though. how. I don't know how much better, and 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 I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you want to uh, trade. Aaron Rodgers for somebody that you think could well, be better. You let's know? just say, let's just say, uh, if Trey or if Jordan Love was generational, we would know by now because Aaron Rodgers a would not be conducting himself in the way he's conducting himself. Oh, and the Packers would not be letting Aaron Rodgers conduct himself the way he's conducted himself because they would have known they have a generational guy behind him. Unfortunately, the Packers have just let them be steamrolled by Aaron Rodgers, which really just tells us Jordan Love's not the guy. I mean, we all remember the Kansas City Chief game earlier in the regular season. Jordan Love is not that guy. So uh, I just it's an interesting spot for all the people in play. But Jimmy G is on his way out. And like I said, I don't know where that'll be. Um, your guess is as good as mine. Whoever gets him, I don't think they'll end up being too happy about it. But uh, it'll be an interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Well, final thing before I, I want to first off. I want to say this. Um, offensive lineman from the Jets, Cameron Clark, uh, retired from the football or from football today um, due to risk of paralysis. Uh, so um, we see that he's only prayers. he's only 20. He's only 24 years old. man. It's Holy six. moly. Prayers, prayers, prayers. You know, so that's we, we, we see this in the NFL sometimes. Um, and, and obviously the risk of paralysis is, is way bigger than an NFL career uh, for sure. So. Um, but moving on from that, um, I do want to just really quick Rams or Bengals. Who you got? Uh, right now it opened up. It's at four and a half right now. Minus four and a half. Uh, Rams. I think I'm gonna go Cincinnati, man. I really am. So am I, I, I really, yeah, I, I really dude. You know how incredible it would be for Joe Burrow to win a Super Bowl. Oh my God. Uh, I told y'all from the very beginning, this guy is the swaggiest kid in the, uh, in the league. And it's not even close. God, just him and his. You might have that gene. You might have that gene. Okay, him. check this out. Let me let me throw something at you. I want to throw this at you because I saw this um on they were talking about uh Joe Burrow's playoff wins, and he now has three of them, right? In two right. seasons, first two years. There's only four other people who've done that. Patty. The four so no, it's not even Patrick Mahomes. It's Kurt Warner, it's Tom Brady, it's Big Ben, and it's Russell Wilson. All four wow. of those guys played with on pro on uh 
all pro stacked, uh, soon to be Super Bowl rosters, and Joe Burrow's playing with one of the worst playoff offensive lines I've ever seen. Russell oh, Wilson's on down. the Legion of Boom. Uh, Tom Brady played with uh, the Jeff's the incredibly stacked Willie McGinnis defense with Ty Long yep. company. Kurt Warner uh-huh. played on the greatest show on turf. Big Ben had um, Jerome Pettis and um, the soon-to-be best defense in the league in 2003, 2004, and then Russell Wilson was the Legion of Boom, and Joe Burrow's doing it with Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and a terrible offensive line. So I really the, think it just uh, – Such a bad – I, I think just puts the best player – what he's doing, man. It's crazy. The best player outside of Joe Burrow um, – well, I mean, you could, yeah, you could say Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase is their kicker. I think their fourth best player on yeah. the team is their kicker. I'm telling you, bro, the kicker Evan is Pearson. like that. The kicker has insane value this postseason for what he's done to them. Um, they oh had, my god, had, he had he hadn't missed in the playoffs. Yeah, he's money. He's been 100. percent The AFC quote was just iconic. Like the oh my god, we're going to the AFC championship game before he yeah. kicked the field goal. That that's just that's iconic, iconic, man. Uh, stamp up, stamp my stamp of approval all over that because it's absolutely iconic. But no, I'm well, telling I was, you, bro, I just, I love, I love history and um, I love comparing careers, man. And the fact that uh, Joe Burrow is doing something with a team that's damn straight average, man. And uh, I'm kind of thinking like, definitely uh, something to say about that, you know, bro. Joe Burrow um, is what we sold on Trevor Lawrence. He took a team from the two wins all the way to the promised land. And now, granted, uh, Trevor Lawrence's time's not up. Don't don't sell your Trevor Lawrence stock. But the way we talked about Trevor Lawrence being the perfect prospect, the golden boy, it's what Joe Burrow has delivered in Cincinnati. They couldn't have asked for anything more from a number one overall pick. He has been um, everything Great. for this team, the leader, the alpha male, the the on-the-field play, the off-the-field leadership. This man has been everything you could ask for in a number one pick. Uh and you don't see this this often, man. Like um, the the pressure of being number one is a lot. It is um, ask Baker Mayfield. It's not easy. And uh, what Joe Burrow's done has just been absolutely sensational. Um, the fact that he's already at this point, this young, um, it this early with this bad of a roster. Because I love I love Cincinnati to pieces and what they've done. Um, this is not a Super Bowl roster. Um, the the fact that they are here is a shout out to a couple of key individuals, solid coaching, because Zach Taylor's been good throughout this entire postseason. Like Cav said, guys like the kickers being phenomenal, uh, Jesse Bates being phenomenal. And so uh, it's just it really is. Shout out to them, Joe Burrow, all those guys just since well, I was man. watching, I was watching the uh I was watching the championship game outside. Actually, we had it pulled up. It was Sunday, and obviously I started camping out on Saturday and and uh Tell you, man, you give college kids some money um, and and some free time and and a little bit of booze. <laughs> uh, we'll figure out a way to get a TV out there, and we did. And we had about two or three TVs out there watching the game, and it was it was honestly it was incredible. Uh, but speaking of that, I do want to transfer over to that. Um, we're about done here. So, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me a ton of stuff. They wanted to hear more stuff about uh, you know what the experience was like camping out for this game and doing all this kind of stuff. And, and before I say any, anything about this, I want to say this right here. There has not been, in my recollection, there has not been, A, a more just – I have not seen as much excitement around a game across any fan base in a long time. Uh, and then this kind of atmosphere and this culture that we had here uh, is not – does not happen all the time. 
and, and maybe it was just for this one game. Now our fan base is, is incredible, but um, I, I just want to point this out here. If you, if you don't have me on Snapchat and you didn't see it, Calvin can attest to this. I mean, there was – during the Mississippi State game on Saturday, at the, at, just after halftime, people started camping out, setting up their tents to camp out. I go outside, get an interview for my newspaper, and then I was like, oh, shit, I got to go. I got to get my tent out here. Um, and, and I'm telling you, man, just the experience of sleeping on concrete in 15-degree weather with a sleeping bag and one blanket on top of you and waking up in the morning and seeing all the same people that you saw the night before um, was absolutely incredible. So, um, anyways, people were kind of asking me, why was this such a big deal? Um, we had Jeff Goodman out there. If you don't know who Jeff Goodman is, go check him out. Uh, he's a phenomenal dude. I, I actually got some time to sit and talk to him. I was on his podcast, and then we talked a little off uh, off, off the camera. Um, and he was very interactive with, with all of our fans and stuff like that. Uh, there was about 4,500 fans lined up outside of the arena uh, on Tuesday throughout the entire day. Um, and then total about, mm, I'd probably say about 15, 1,700 that camped out uh, before then. Which, again, guys, I, I, it, it is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, but anyways, uh, there was people that were asking, you know, how we paid for all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. Red Raider Nation um, is absolutely incredible. Uh, so we had a guy. He's a graduate uh, of Texas Tech. I don't remember when he graduated. I think he graduated in the 90s. And um, he came out and he started to go fund me. And within the first four or five hours, we had about $11,000 raised. We had one guy that gifted $6,000, uh, which that, that's just absolutely, I mean, it's mind blowing. Uh, and with that, obviously, we bought a whole bunch of food, um, snacks and stuff. We bought a tent or some tents, pillows, blankets, uh, gloves, heaters, those big $400 heaters. We had so much damn money. We were just buying heaters with it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was stupid. Um, I never paid. I didn't pay for anything that I put in my body for those three days out there. That's food, drinks, whatever it was, didn't pay for anything. I was just we, we were just gifted it. Um, we had a recruit that we just got, that he just signed, Drew Steffe. He's a basketball recruit. They sent out 115 pizzas, I think. It was like an $800 Domino's order, <laughs> which also shout out to the people at Papa John's Domino's and Little Caesars out here because, man, I would have quit because, I mean, I'm telling you, there were orders of 100 pizzas that were going in probably every two or three hours. Holy um, moly. I'm serious. And they were just bringing them out, and they were – it was, it was incredible. Shout out to everybody out here in Lubbock, Texas – um, that, that had a hand into doing this. Uh, it definitely did not disappoint. I will say that if you didn't see anything about it, I would really, 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 really encourage you to go look at like videos and stuff um, on Twitter about it because there was a ton of coverage on it. Uh, we, we reached 113 decibels in the arena. If you don't know how big that is, whenever a jet is taking off, an airplane jet is taking off, they hit 120 decibels. Um, so we hit 113, 114, I think is what it was in the arena. Man, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm tired. I'm so behind on homework. Um, don't feel great, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I, I really encourage, especially if you're a college kid, I would really encourage you to get more involved uh, in, in, in your community and in the environment because I tell you, man, 
It was the craziest thing that I've ever been a part of, ever. And we won too. So that makes it a whole hell makes it a whole hell of a lot better. What were your what were your thoughts on it, Kelvin? I was just just out of curiosity. Um, I was kind of impressed uh, with the level of respect that the uh, couch burning Red Raider fans did conduct themselves with in the arena. Um, I expected it to, uh, I guess, just be a little bit more wild than it was, and it really wasn't. It was very uh, calm, professional. Uh, it was exactly what well, you I mean, there were some the there, was, there, was, I, um, there was some chance going on. I mean, there were a couple of signs. But it never got out of hand, you know what I'm saying? Correct. It was never – ESPN never had an issue with the game coverage. There was never uh, – because you know how people are, bro. People are stupid, and you never got any of that last night, so it was good well, to see. Well, I mean, we – great to enjoy. Go ahead. We, we, had, we had our head coach come out, our head football coach, Joey McGuire, Everybody loves him, and he came out like 45 minutes before and, 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 and an older player who played on the national championship team. And obviously they're not a big Beard fan, and they hate Texas just like they should. And But they were like, just please, just do not throw anything on the court. If you yeah. throw anything, they're going to give them a tech. Uh, they're going to have all these student, all the students go out. Um, Beard was accompanied by like five police officers walking out of the tunnel. <laughs> and um, – and we so whenever we were in line, tip off was at eight. And out here, we can get into the game two hours before. Mm-hmm. And so they, they had us lined up and everything. And um, <laughs> the reason we couldn't go in was because they had to wait for SWAT to get there. So we, had to, <laughs> we had to stand in line like nut to butt for like 45 minutes to an hour waiting on SWAT and more sheriffs to, uh, to get there. I mean, it That's was incredible. crazy. And like I said, it was nothing but class. Like I said, I never saw – it never turned into a malice at the palace. It was never just raining objects onto the court. We never had to stop the game for any BS like that. So it was good. I enjoyed the game too. Um, disappointing what I saw from UT. It's just not enough ways to create buckets on that basketball team. Um, no. I, I just – they couldn't couldn't match punch for punch, and the defense was too overwhelming for them last night. Um I, I really am disappointed in this Texas team, man. The more games I watch, it just gets worse and worse. And after the hype from the preseason, I remember going into the, the Gonzaga game at the start of the year when it was that one in five matchup. And I knew Texas wasn't the fifth ranked team in the country, but I still expected a lot out of that UT team. And it's just uh, yeah, especially as the season has gone on, you know, the deeper we get, I just get more and more disappointed with this basketball team, and this organization and uh I, I don't see the turnaround that uh, UT tries to sell. I just feel like it's lying to the masses. I don't see the culture. I don't see the arena change. I don't see the, no. the growth in the fan base. And they keep telling me that's what I'm looking for with Chris Beard. And I just don't see it. Um, Maybe we need to give him more time. And, and listen, Jeff Goodman, that, he, I, Jeff Goodman he pointed that out yesterday whenever I was talking that's to him. Fair. He said, you know, half a year is, is way too early to start judging it. And, and I agree. Um, I, I think that first off, you said the, the arena – when have you ever heard of a nationally recognized brand building a new stadium with fewer seats in, than the one that they had before? I, I do. That's blasphemy, man. Like I significantly, don't it. I significantly just, less seats. I, I couldn't believe it. That is insane, man. A it's national brand. I mean, insane. like what? And, and I was talking to some other guys yesterday, too, about this. Um, Texas compares themselves to us and Oklahoma State and. Uh, Baylor, when they should be comparing themselves brand-wise to Alabama uh, in, in football and Ohio State in football and Michigan and all of these other t- – in Georgia. I got one shouldn't... for you. I got one for you. It's from today, bro. We talked about this um, a couple months ago right here on the show. We talked about how um, 
UT, uh, the recruiting classes are always so strong, but it never turns into anything. Bro, just today, BJ yeah. Foster, their five-star safety from 2018, 24th ranked player in the country, transferring to Sam Houston State after a failed career, bro, because that is the UT football program, bro. Correct. It's, that's like, I, we can't stress that enough, man. It's like, it's consistent, man. It's been like this for years now, man. And it's just like they continue. And I feel like it's the same thing we're seeing right now with the basketball program. It's just lying to the masses, man. They're just trying to convince us to see something that's not there while they pull the sleight of hand trick and pull away what really is there. Yeah. So, I, man, it was it was, it was was awesome. I'm going to try and make that game down in Austin. Um, we talked about that a little bit. It's going to be like 75% like tech fans and 25% UT fans. <laughs> and you know what's funny is like, I saw this tweet and, and uh, like what Mark Adams was telling us was, you know, to our fan base, Hey, tone it down. You know, don't, don't do anything stupid. Love the energy. Don't tone it down. And then you got Chris Beard over here. The first 500 people get a free honey bar chicken biscuit. Please come to the <laughs> game. Please. I'm begging you. Yeah, come to right? the game. And they don't even sell out the honey bar chicken biscuits. Like, they don't even, <laughs> like you were able to grab two. You were able to grab more than one. Like it was, and I, I just don't, and I really, I'm telling you, man, um, there, there's a video of, of the entire – every 1,700 kids uh, surrounding the UT bus whenever they got into practice uh, not or two nights ago. They, they came to Lubbock, um, and, and they were into the um, – they were going into the uh, stadium to practice, and there's just this picture and this video of Chris Beard. He's sitting in the front, and he's just got this blank stare to his face. And I think <laughs> – I know, and seriously, like and, – and yesterday too, like I really think that he was like, Shit. What did I, I do? Bro? I really, I really left something like this to what? To to go <laughs> to what? My alma mater and like, and Texas fans keep telling me that, you know. And first off, I I really don't think that it's that people really quite understand. Um, yes, of course, we didn't like that he went to Texas, but we didn't like the way that he conducted himself to uh, do it. Now, listen, if he went to somewhere else and he conducted his, himself the same way, probably we wouldn't be as uh, as upset. Um, and mad, but also at the same time, too, it was like yesterday or two days ago, whenever they were practicing, he left on the scoreboard four to one, which in it's four parts mental in basketball and one part physical. That was his thing whenever he was here. And that's just not you don't do that, really. Like you don't <laughs> you, you don't you don't do that. And um, so anyways, but I, Texas fans were, you know, they were calling us trashy and saying all this kind of stuff. stuff and and you know what? You can in, in Lubbock's a, a shithole. You can say, listen, you can say whatever you want to say. At the end of the day, we walked out of there with a W. Y'all lost. Y'all continue to lose games. You, Either you got a, problems, you too. If you were exactly. a pro team, I'd be pulling the alarm. Oh, no. Yeah, exa exactly. And, and you, have you, you, have, you have pro talent on that team? Absolutely. So, um, anyways, before we get out of here, I want to uh, add in a couple more things. This is with college football because today was National Signing Day, too. Um, so, A&M does have the uh, top-ranked class in, in 2020 two, three, whatever this next year is. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Caleb Williams did go to USC. Uh, so I, I don't know if y'all covered that, but they did. Huh? I said, no, we did it. We did it. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's going to be interesting. We, I kind of knew he was going there. Uh, but OU fans are definitely uh, – which, by the way, it's so funny because, like, we get crapped on for how we think about Chris Beard, except by Oklahoma fans, by the way. And they feel the same way about Lincoln Riley, but it's okay whenever they do it, but it's not okay. I mean, it's like the, virtually the same kind of situation. 
Yo, I don't, I don't really get why Oklahoma is just dodging all this heat. Like they didn't get absolutely bamboozled this off season. Like, they absolutely. Like they just got pawn schemes swaying out of like, well, somebody broke into their house and stole all their favorite things and then left. And they just decided that they wasn't going to talk about it. They just went out and bought new things. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and they got their yeah, new exactly. things off the clearance rack too. They didn't even buy nicer new things. They just, they That's just went saying. out and bought the first thing they could find. And nobody yeah. talked about it. It was just kind of like, okay. Okay. Hey, and by the way, too, for everybody that slid up on my story and everybody that I've seen on Twitter and Facebook and all that saying that it was stupid for kids to camp out and and this is just one game and yada, 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 yada. I think the Texas fans are just upset. The Walmart Texas fans are A, upset uh, because they suck, and B, because we had more students camped out on Sunday night than they do that – come to their games on game day bro you know um, you know the duke fans camp out for preseason games like they literally camp out every exactly, single basketball exactly. and, game and, no, like, and nobody says anything about that uh and, and nobody it's just hypocrisy fine. yeah it's yeah just you just don't you just don't want to like what we have hypocrisy. yeah i just want to highlight because bro uh what is it like uh coach k's yard or whatever it is outside of camera yeah. and indoor out there yeah. like they it is literally de- like designated for like it is a sports tradition like and nobody talks about it, but not just because we're it's it's anti UT. We've got something to say about it this time. So that's what that's I'm saying. So, anyways, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up. Wait, the hold show. up. I got some. I got some for you before we get out of here. Um, creeping okay. in on the back door for me. Uh, I've got Hugh Jackson dropping a quote, and Hugh Jackson is saying that he wants to get in on the lawsuit with Brian Flores because wow. he said Cleveland did the same thing to him when he was three thirty six and one. He said that um, on Twitter. He didn't said that. Uh, he retweeted somebody like tweeted uh, like at him and he basically said the number was high. I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but it sounds like Hugh Jackson is going to go ahead and throw these same accusations at wow. Cleveland. If I can find his tweet, um, no, no, it's fine. no it's fine. he deleted his tweet. So, but it's interesting to see as Hugh Jackson gets in on this mix too. I don't think. Um, it, he really adds much substance, but I just well, I mean he'll he, maybe only adding substance to the tanking thing. Yeah. Um, but that's obviously not what you want in a league, anyways, is for your organizations to purposely lose. I just it's just not it's just not a good look on the NFL. The and I, I have you or I don't think the Giants have announced their head coach. Yeah, so the the Giants did just finally announce that Brian Dable is officially the head coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this crap is so confusing, man. Holy moly! There's Holy just there's moly. there's so much information. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna continue to unpack it. Obviously, we're gonna follow this stuff ourselves. Uh, talk about it within each other. Um, Friday, I should be here Friday, <laughs> um, but we're gonna we're gonna be able to unpack some of the stuff. So that if there's any new stuff that comes out, um, then then we'll be able to talk about it uh, on, on Friday as well. So, but like I said, we're gonna be back on Friday. So um, if you haven't already. I say this every time, but if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter. Do whatever you need to do. Let people know about us. Um, I was promoting our podcast the other day um, out in front of a whole bunch of people. I had I had a couple of people that I went to class with that listened to it, and they love it. So uh, shout out to you guys. Shout out to everybody I'm out here in Lubbock that made this, this past weekend phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we're going to be back here on Friday. So we will see you all back here on Friday around the same kind of time. Back inside, inside the lunch table.